Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, kids are getting back into school next week. Some of the schools around here already started. I think Wake Forest, like, did they start a couple of weeks ago? I know some of the schools did up there. No, well those are the year-round schools. Ah. So, yeah, year-round schools started their year like the beginning quarter, but traditional schools, no, we're still like three weeks away, more than three weeks away. So my kids start next Friday. I miss that. I like it when they start earlier and they get out earlier, but where we used to live started earlier this week. So uh, now we moved to move to Williamson County and now it's a little different. So, well, very good. Everyone's getting back to school. We're, we're getting ready for new student orientation, all stuff, all sorts of things are happening. We had a bit of a scare this week at the office, Amy. Oh, yeah? Got to tell you about this. Dr. Rainer's dog, Marley. Yes. Whom, uh, if anybody follows Dr. Rainer on Twitter or Instagram, you've seen pictures of Marley, heard about Marley and his sonic runs. Marley got food poisoning. <gasps> That's terrible. And almost died. Almost died. That's awful. Yes. Um, so, you know, Dr. Rainer's non-human animal, uh, Marley, his dog, um, you know, had a, had a bit of a rough one, had a, spent the night in the vet, and everybody at Lifeway was worried about Marley. So, at least the people that knew about Marley. I bet. Well, did he t- did he tweet anything about it? Because a lot of people know not. about Marley. Okay. He did not. He did not, because he was afraid that Marley was going to be dead when he got home the other day, because he, oh. he was going to take him to the vet, and um, he, is, he just didn't look right, and he was afraid that he would get home to uh, a, a dead Marley. So, he didn't want to say... But, that was very yeah. blunt the way you just said that. Well, for, yeah. He was he was a lot more blunt about it. Okay. I'm softening it if, if that means anything. Well, but Marley's okay. That's the good news. The good news, Marley's okay. That's fantastic. We're always sad when our dog is sick. So. Uh, yes, yes. And um, you know, Dr. Rainer, it's funny. We've talked a lot about the pets that Dr. Rainer used to have on Rainer on leadership. Uh the dog, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the bird, Myron the bird. That uh, I think Jess killed, or maybe it was Art. One of them held it too tight, killed Myron. Had that when he was at Southern, who is our sponsor uh, this week, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's that's the best segue you've ever done. <laughs> I, I, I keep trying, you know. Uh, located in Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting SBTS. Dot edu. There's some great stories about Myron, by the way. Um, one of my favorites is whenever he told Dr. Lawless to go by and feed Myron and gave him the instructions for the alarm that were like really long. Mm-hmm. The only thing was, Amy, there was no alarm. So Dr. Lawless was panicking, trying to find the alarm before the alarm went off, even though there was no alarm. That makes me really so. happy. So he did that on purpose? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. So, Dr. Rainer is a bit of a practical joker at times. It's fun. Speaking of practical jokes, I know we got to get to the news, but... Yeah. Well, there's not I a heard, whole lot to get to this week, so we get, we got a little time. <laughs> but I heard about a really great one this week. Oh, gosh. Yes. That came out in a confession. Yes. That someone uh, pulled on you this past year. So it's time yes. to bring... It's time to give... You know, every, every few episodes, we got to bring up Lizette who yep. is our good, good friend. Um, and she did a doozy uh, yeah. on, on you over the last year. So why don't you yeah. just explain? 
for the what past year, I've been getting text updates from Southwest Airlines <laughs> for flights I wasn't on. And I didn't know where these flights were, what they were doing, <laughs> where they were going, why I was getting updates. I just thought there was something wrong with the app on my phone. And I was just, and it wasn't to the point where I was mad and it wasn't every week and it wasn't all the time. It was just randomly. Right. I would get these text updates. Right. I had no idea what was going on. Yes. And it just got to the point where I was just like, well, there's, a, there it is again. You know, it, it, it's, it's a bit of an annoyance, but not, nothing major. You know, just enough to go, what is this? You know? Right. And, um, Lizette confessed this week that she'd been dropping my phone number into the text system, text alert system for Southwest Air. But unfortunately, they have disabled that feature and she can no longer do it. So she figured, you know, it was time to let me know. I, I thought that, that was one that. of the best I've ever heard. I mean, it was some of her best work ever. And it's kind of sad that they disabled it because I, if they hadn't, I would be saying to all of our listeners, do this, do this to someone next time because they will have no idea. And it, it was great. And I got to be a part of that. It was like a text thread where she asked you, hey, by the way, have you been getting text alerts about flights where you learn? And so it, it was a great, it was a really uh, joyful thing this week. So um, the yeah. Dr. Rainer playing a practical joke on Dr. Lawless. That was, uh, that, that was good. But, but Lizette got you. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny, but it, you know, that's, that's a good kind of practical jokes where nothing, nobody's harmed. It's just that's kind right. of a, you know, a funny, we can laugh together, joke about it after the fact, no big deal. So fantastic. Those are always good. Those are yes. always good. All right. Well, Hey, I mean, let's jump into the news this week. Uh, I had some news from Birmingham, uh, some cutbacks at WMU. This comes just a year after other cutbacks were made last September, uh, in Birmingham at WMU, and also uh, just uh, in last August, uh, they had sold off or, or gotten rid of New Hope Publishers, where I used to work when I was at WMU, uh, had given that to Iron Stream Media. They had taken over the publishing side of WMU, uh, gotten rid of that, cut back on some personnel, and then again this year, uh, more cuts on the personnel side down in Birmingham. The, the cuts were announced via an email update this week. Uh, we link to that. You can check out all the news uh, from WMU. And I, I would encourage you actually to sign up. You get some interesting uh, news from WMU and what's going on down there. On the Journey is the name of the newsletter, so you can check that out. Uh, but we'll link to that, and you can subscribe actually in that newsletter. So uh, just some news from uh, down in Birmingham. Yeah, so that's certainly certainly difficult, but a lot of transparency, which which we really appreciate. These are hard hard conversations to have, but we're just incredibly grateful for the service of uh, the WMU and just their devotion to missions education and to focusing on uh, the Great Commission around the world. Yeah, and, and this is something we've seen, uh, you know, from other institutions, uh, some during re- reorganizations. I mean, we've had our share of uh, reorganizations at Lifeway. I know Guidestone had one about 18 months ago. I think it was the summer of last year, a little bit earlier in the summer. Uh, 15, 18 months ago over at Guidestone. Uh, we've seen the cutbacks at Southwestern uh, uh, that were announced back in the late fall. So it, it's not uncommon for us to see this in uh, the Southern Baptist Convention and some of our entities, uh, you know, even from state conventions. So uh, it's just uh, something to, to follow away, to pray for, and to, um, to pray for the, the future and the mission of the WMU. All right, Amy, some sad news. 
Charles Fuller, the SBC Peace Committee chairman, passed away this week in Roanoke, Virginia. He was 86 years old. The Peace Committee, a lot of our listeners will know about this, but some may not. So uh, this was a group that was formed in 1985. Um, there had been a motion at the SBC annual meeting. So this was uh, would have been when Charles Stanley was president. And it was charged to, and we've got a, a the Baptist Press story, which we'll put in the show notes, so they put this here. Uh, the Peace Committee was charged to seek to determine the sources of controversy amid the convention's conservative resurgence and make findings and recommendations. And so well, it was it shouldn't a, have been called the Controversy Committee? Oh, I see what you did there. I think they were... I think they, they were, were they were naming it for the outcome, not the reason. They were naming it for what they wanted. They okay, were tr- they were like seeking that. they were seeking peace, and and of course we are are at a place now where we know the outcome, and the outcome really ended up being sort of a parting of ways. Um, but this was an attempt to try to figure out it, was there a way to come together. Um, so. What's interesting is that uh, he was the one that was thought to to be the chair. As there were twenty two members of the group, it had uh, conservatives, it had moderates, it had uh, people that would identify as centrists. And um, the reason he was asked to chair was because he was theologically conservative. He was committed to the SBC, but he wasn't necessarily uh, part of. They they said or he used the word machinery, but you know we would we would say part of the people that were actively involved in it. Maybe it allowed for some trust among the whole group. You yeah. know, it, you you have a group like that where you have two really distinct sides. Uh, it's hard to name a chair um, because each side can can look and say, well, why do you? If we're trying to yeah, come we together, we don't want one of their guys. We want one of our guys, right? And so you had to you had to find someone that you could at least sort of come to an agreement on and that he would be able to talk to everybody on the committee. So he just was the right fit. So this isn't just like, oh, well, anyone could have been chair. I mean, he really was the right fit. And I, I really loved uh, this part of the of the story where he told his wife, there is no way that I can come away from this a winner personally. And uh, because he knew that what would really happen is he would get criticized by both sides. And she said to him, well, maybe this is the contribution you are to make to Southern Baptists. And he said, so I agreed to do it. So what you really have um, is and, and a lot's been a lot of study has happened on the on the peace committee. Um, you've uh, we, we've had interviews with Dr. Moeller about that. Yeah. That was a fantastic um, interview last September. So yes. you can go back and check that out. So th- there was a really difficult time. And I-, I think we can look and say, here you have this man who said, I'm going to put my, I'm just going to put my personal ambition to the side and recognize this is the role that I need to play right now. And uh, that's, that's a really, that's a, that's a really great thing uh, to see. So yeah. really, uh, Really strong contribution. Uh, he was pastor at First Baptist Roanoke, which is a beautiful church. Really beautiful. Um, the SBCV would have uh, their hold their meeting in different parts of the state, and uh, so I homecoming. Was, yes, and so I was there a couple of times when it was in Roanoke, and that it's just a, a really really beautiful church. 
Um, so he was there for 38 years. Membership grew from 2,000 uh, to 6,000. And so uh, just a, a really, a really incredible contribution, uh, really incredible contribution. But uh, this kind of his legacy was that he did this one thing in a very, very difficult time. All right. Well, uh, some good news coming out of the National African-American Fellowship this year. They have committed to provide the African-American Ministry Assist Team uh, to help fill resource gaps that the NAAF are said are widening for nearly 4,000 African-American churches in the SBC. Uh, Basically, they're going to be able to go in there and help resource state conventions uh, to help train and lead African-American churches in states uh, who you know, request help. And uh, wow. the California, the California state convention has asked for their help. Uh, I think uh, they've also uh, partnered with two churches in California already. And then some in Florida and Georgia. So uh, there, you know, this is something that came out of black church week with something we mentioned last week, uh, but they mentioned and, and just kind of did this and just a, a great little thing that they, they're able to go in and help, you know, some of these churches that may not have uh, African-American, you know, specialists uh, for black churches in states, that the African American National African American Fellowship can come in and help resource those states. Said also, uh, states in Louisiana, Ohio, and Oklahoma have also expressed interest in the program. That's really cool and a, a real service at this time. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's good to see the, uh, the those national groups partnering with the state conventions. Uh, we may see more of that from uh, some other groups uh, around the nation, especially if you know they have pockets of. You know, maybe it's Filipino group or the, the Korean group or whatever we have. You know, we talk about those whenever we're at the uh, SBC annual meeting time because they, they all have their meetings, their annual meetings around the Southern Baptist Convention uh, annual meeting as well. So uh, a lot of those uh, out there. And, you know, we've talked about the many faces of the SBC and here they are helping out in the states as well. Some news from Lifeway this week, Amy. Uh, yeah. It was announced a couple weeks ago internally, but uh, Eric Geiger. Uh, senior Vice President over our Resources Division, has accepted the call as Senior Pastor of Mariner's Church in Irvine, California, and uh, he will leave LifeWay later this month to start there in September. So I was pretty shocked by this. Yeah. I, I, I really was. I um. So was I, just to yeah. be clear. Just yeah. Throw that out there. Well, I think that's important. I, uh, I, I just, you know, he came when I was still there. And I had a great uh, appreciation for the work that he did at Lifeway uh, has done all these years. And so I just kind of anticipated just seeing him there for a very long time. So, yeah. uh, so it's kind of sad. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been a great run with Eric over the last seven years. I appreciate everything he's done for Lifeway. He has radically changed the culture. I think I even tweeted this out. The culture and the business uh, perception of Lifeway and just the ability we have to better resource the church. And uh, it, it's been good to have him at Lifeway. And uh, we wish him all the best in Southern California. And uh, I know uh, he and Kay and the girls, it's been a tough decision for them. Uh, but uh, I will never, ever complain about anybody leaving Lifeway to go back into the local church. That's a, a noble call and one that I respect and one that I am proud to have friends who uh, work in the local church. And I'm proud of Eric uh, for going back into the local church and wishing him all the best. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always reminded of a uh, the the role I was in at Southern Seminary uh, allowed me to be in um, just a lot of different 
meetings. And so I got to hear from, uh, from a number of people. Here's some things I really respected. And, uh, I heard Steve Wellam say one time, uh, he teaches theology at Southern. Uh, he, he was telling, he, he was sharing that he, back when he had been in, um, maybe getting his PhD, he sort of assumed that the academy was kind of, uh, the, the pinnacle of things or, you know, denominational service, things like that. That was sort of the, the top level. You're, you're moving up to something. And then when he actually got into the classroom where he was teaching, um, students who were then going to go out and be in ministry in the local church, he realized, um, these students, uh, they're headed to the front lines. And they're headed to the place, um, uh, the, you know, the, the, what's the word? They're headed to the, the place of importance that we don't really catch, you know, or that we don't really notice very often. And that really stuck with me to realize that, you know, we can think of things in levels and say, well, this is a really important role, but the truth is the most important role, um, is in the local church. So, as much as we hate to see people go, you never, if they say I'm headed to the mission field or if they say I'm headed to the church, you never complain about that. No, not They're headed to the front lines. So yep. very, uh, very sad, uh, but also very happy for him and for his family and for Mariner's church. Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us in the news department, a little light week uh, in the news this week. But that'll also bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go to 1985, um, which uh, I did because it amazingly in the August 1st issue of Baptist Press, there is an article. Um, it's the it is the second article in that issue. And the um, title is SBC Peace Committee Chairman Optimistic. Oh, and it is actually an interview. Tied it together. It Look is at an, you. It is an interview with Charles Fuller. So he he said, um, "I would not have. I would have not accepted the assignment if I believed it were an exercise in futility. I believe God wants to preserve and use Southern Baptists. I think we ought to give him every chance to accomplish that." And it's after the the committee had been named, but before. They held their first meeting. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of anticipation in the air in 1985 at this time. The meeting was coming up August 5th and 6th. Um, so we're kind of right at that, you know, at that time, uh, 33 years ago. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting. It, the interview is about three pages long. And then it goes into another article where it's talking about his theological positions. And he says, I am an inerrantist. Um, he said, uh, my theological position does not disqualify me from being chairman of the committee. I have a strong willingness to accept people for what they are at face value. I have a deep commitment to the Southern Baptist Convention to the extent that I would do whatever I could to preserve wholeness. Now, it's interesting to me, and it tells us something about that time. He said, I am an inerrantist, but I have, however, I have never been part of the inerrantist movement. And then he says, my theological position does not disqualify me from being chairman of the committee. These are statements we would never hear anybody say now. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that while you were talking about it. I'm like, I, I can't. 
I can't imagine a, a interview and the questions like this of a committee chairman today. Right. And the idea that his theological position on inerrancy to hold to it would, in some, in the minds of some people, would disqualify him from being a chair of the committee. And the truth yeah. is because that was a dividing line, you know, that second article, you know, right after that, there's, there are two articles talks all about his um, call to ministry uh, gives a lot of his background. So, I mean, it's very interesting and I just happened to stumble on it uh, that it was hitting just this uh, right at this same time. So uh, I, I do think he, he, did uh, do a great service to Southern Baptists in something that was not easy. Um, and it was because there was a lot of tension and uh, that was all, it was kind of in the air. It was all happening. And part of uh, the work of our Baptist media was to kind of settle people by presenting him out there, laying out who he was. And that conversation all happened this week in SBC history. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new LifeWay research uh, study on the prosperity gospel. Uh, we had a study come out this week from LifeWay Research talking about the views on prosperity. Good news is or 70% of churchgoers in America do not believe that you have to do something for God to in order to receive material blessings. The bad news is 26% of American churchgoers do believe that I have to do something for God in order to receive material blessings. Wow. Um, yeah, and and also, and this is where we, we got to talking in the uh, in a meeting about this the other day. God wants me to prosper financially, agree or disagree. 69% of American churchgoers say they agree that God wants us to prosper financially. That's amazing. And, Do you think it's well, capitalism that makes us I think, think part that? of it is. But at the same thing, I, I think definitions of prosper. Yeah. I, we, this is what we got to talking about is like, what do you hear whenever you think prosper? Now, does God want me to prosper financially? What does it mean to prosper financially? Does that mean that I, I'm not in debt? I have what I need. I, you know, I, I, I don't have to worry where my paycheck's coming from the next week and how I'm going to pay the bills. Is that what you mean by prosper? Or does it mean that I need like, you know, a five bedroom, 4,000 square foot house with three cars garage? I, you know, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So prosper financially looks, I think, different to different people. I'm not quite sure how I would. I think I'd be in the 10% of the unsure because I uh, I don't know how I would answer that question. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. It just, it just depends on where you come at that question from. But very fascinating article on uh, prosperity and theology and, you know, the prosperity gospel, those kind of things. So encourage you to take a check, uh, take a look at that over in Baptist Press. Yeah, you know, and I'm actually really struck by this anyway, by thinking about not just theologically views on prosperity, but just us even thinking about prospering financially as a good, um, because there was a, a, a woman in my life, um, a neighbor and someone who had been a tenant, a worker, a, t a, a tenant employee on my grandfather's farm. I, I do not remember a day in my life when I did not know her, that she wasn't a part of my um, home place. And this was a woman who just did not have a lot. Her family didn't have a lot. Um, probably what might be, you know, the views that are, are 
are here that people are saying, you know, prosper financially was not ever easy for her, but she was the type of person that would just give you everything she had down to her last penny. And I, and I learned early this morning that she, um, that, that she passed away. She came to the end of her life. She was, um, lived a, a really long time, but a, a, a tough life of, of struggle. But I watched her be willing. And my mom just told me today that she went and visited her last week. And, and my mom said, let us know if you need anything. And her response was, you let me know if you need anything. And yeah. so I, I've been so touched by thinking about her and her willingness to kind of give you the last thing, you know, off her back that to sort of I guess just to kind of think and process about views on prosperity and what it even means um, to prosper financially. I don't know. I'm just really convicted by that and even by my own thoughts about that. Um, So I think I think studies like this should be kind of soul searching moments. Yeah, So it should be. Yeah, totally agree. And and sorry for your loss, Amy. I didn't know that. Thank you. It just I mean, it, it. uh, it's it's one of those things where there are people in your life that you you don't even think about them as much when you move away until something like this happens and then you're really struck. But yeah. um, but it's it, it it's it was she was a really good woman. So, well, my resource of the week is uh, it's actually and I'm gonna give a hat tip to Leah Finn for this. Uh, she put this on Facebook. I got really excited. So I'm gonna share a blog post from. Um, a blog called modernmrsdarcy.com. So a lot of people who love reading um, like this. Is this, this. on the, uh, the tattooless debt-free virgin post or no? No, that would not be my resource. Okay, just checking. And we're going to keep going from that. Um, anyway, those listeners out there who know what you're referring to, they know why I'm moving on. Um, and so this, but this post, uh, so her blog uh, is about um it's about reading it's about great books her her name's ann bogle so the post is about four books about books and reading that are all releasing on september 4th so i want to put the post out there so that i'm not offering like a bunch of links but it's actually four resources that i'm sharing so there are four books uh, releasing one is called Book Girl by Sarah Clarkson. That's about uh, a journey through the treasures and transforming power of a reading life. Um, on Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books by Karen Swallow Pryor. Um, Bibliophile, an illustrated miscellany, which I think is more of a hodgepodge book. It's just uh, like a coffee table book, I think, and uh, just different cool things, great bookstores, uh, other things like that. And then Anne Bogle, this blogger herself, has a book called I'd Rather Be Reading the Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. And all four of these books about books release on September 4th. And it's possible that I may pre-order all of them so that I get them on September 4th. It's possible we'll you may pre-order them? I'm going to pre-order them. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. I love, love books. And um, as I think Leah maybe even said in her post, I love books and I love books about books. I have several books that are about books and reading. And so I'm going to add this to my library. Books on books on books. 
That's right. All right. Well, there you go. All right, Amy, I know that uh, you've got an exciting weekend. We talked about it a little bit on last week's episode. Headed to Falls Creek next That's week. That's right. For In college Oklahoma. week. Yes, Lifeway Collegiate Week uh, starting on, on Sunday. So we're heading that way this weekend. Uh, we don't, uh, we're, we'll head back next Wednesday. So we'll be there Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday uh, representing Southeastern Seminary. So if anybody's going to be there, uh, come and find us. Yeah. I, I hate that I'm missing it, and I'm gonna. We're gonna need pictures from False Creek, by the way. Oh, absolutely! I will. I will do pictures, and then so you can retweet them from the SBC this week account. Yes. Um, I'm very excited to see False Creek. I've heard so much great stuff about it. Yeah, and also I, I found out today, Christmas is coming soon. Yes. And and in my world, that means that the SBC annual should be out shortly. That's what I heard. The new 2018 SBC annual. That's that's the book I'm pre-ordering. That's like our <laughs> that that's like our Christmas at SBC this week. Is the release isn't of the that, annual. And that we we need a life, Amy. I don't but, know what that says about us. I it, probably not good things, but you know, we'll Everybody's we'll got to have a niche. Everybody yep. has things that they that they like, you know? Yeah. So you as soon watch. as we see it, we'll tweet it out. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, yeah. like we are. Do you, my, one of my favorite TV shows is CBS Sunday Morning, and they do all kinds of profiles on people who just like all different kinds of stuff. They, uh, I, one of my favorites is about these people who collect antique washing machines. They like all, all sorts of stuff. So you and I like SBC annuals. I have an entire collection of them every year. And so huh. it, it is what it is. I, I have an entire collection, too. It's, yeah, I know. We're we're nerds. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, on, on that note, we'll we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>